This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Thank you for coming through tonight. I'm very excited about sharing this word with you. I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the privilege uh, to be able to share a word with you, to come with a word of encouragement from the Lord, I believe, concerning His goodness. God wants you to know tonight before you leave here that He is very interested in every aspect of your life. God wants you to leave here encouraged tonight. I want you to see it as if God came into your room tonight to deliver the message personally, that He is a good God. And He wants you to know that His goodness, just like with Moses, will pass by you every day. He causes His goodness to pass by you every day. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for this opportunity that we have to come before you, Father, and to learn about your goodness. Father, thank you that we have the freedom to worship you in this place. Thank you, Father God, for your, uh, uh, your Son whom you sent for us. And that, Lord, we can face every challenge in this life knowing that the God whom we serve is not just this uh, powerful deity that is distant from us in the heavens somewhere, but, Father, you are a personal God. And you are walking alongside us, even at times carrying us through the difficult situations. So thank you for encouraging us tonight. Spirit of God, thank you for causing these words to fall deep within the hearts of every person here and that it will bear fruit for years to come and remind them of this word even two, three, four, five years from now when they may be facing a difficult situation and give them hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that's what we're talking about, the goodness of God. This is a, the month of our thankfulness. thankfulness. And this morning and, and last night we spoke about uh, thankfulness and we spoke about how important it is for our lives and the power that there is in that. And so tonight sort of ties in with that because what better way to be thankful for a God than to know that the God that we are thankful for is one that loves us and is good to us all the time. In fact, His very nature is good. He can't change that. That's who He is. So, you know, Moses, he asked the Lord, he said to him once, Father, I want to see. First, he said, please, uh, God said to him that my presence will go with you. And he says, listen, Lord, I wouldn't go anywhere if it wasn't for your presence going with me. I know that. But he said to God, I want to know you better. I want to know you differently to the way that I know you now. And he pleaded with God, really. And he said to him, show me your glory. Reveal to me, Lord, your glory. That was the request from Moses, the man who went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments and must have had an incredible encounter if the movie, The Ten Commandments, that epic from the 70s is anything to go by. It must have been something quite amazing. But still, he wanted to see God's glory. And in Exodus chapter 33, verses 19, we see God's response to this request to show his glory. God says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. So with this request from Moses, what does God choose to do? He chooses to reveal himself. And how does he reveal himself? He just allows his goodness to pass by Moses. It's God's intention for you and I to meet with his goodness. If God is going to reveal himself to you, he's going to reveal it to you through his 
goodness. And so I want to encourage you tonight, no matter where it is that you find yourself in life, God is going to reveal His goodness to you. God's goodness can be defined into two things. Firstly, His goodness can be defined into His character, and secondly, into His actions. So there's a double uh, whammy to the goodness of God. We sing about it. We often say it. We say God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. How many of you have said that before? We say that, but do we fully understand this attribute of God? I want you to meditate on the goodness of God with me tonight. The Bible defines his goodness in two ways, as I've said, in his character and in his actions. In Psalm 119, verses 68, it captures both of these aspects of the goodness of God when it says, you are good and you do what is good. So it speaks of God's character. It says that you are good, God, and you do what is good. If you're going through something bad in your life, I want you to know that God is not the manufacturer of that. For those of you at home, if you're going through a difficult time, don't think that God is the one that caused that to happen in your life. We've just seen in the book of Psalms that He does good. And He is good. The first half of that verse is focusing on the fact that God is by nature good. He is morally excellent. He's extraordinarily beautiful. Extraordinarily beautiful. He's deeply glad and He's extravagantly bountiful. That's who God is. Think about this. The original definition of good is God. He is the original definition of what good is. He is good in himself and of himself. For us, goodness is really just an attribute that we can give to people or things. But for God, it's who he is. There is not an element of God that we say, wow, you know, God is good you know, there's other things about God, but He is good as well. No, God is good. And that's exactly what Jesus meant. When they came to Him and called Him good teacher, Jesus said, no one is good but one, the Father. Nothing in our lives is complete goodness. We've never come into contact with anything that is complete goodness. When you had that steak this afternoon, you might have said that it was a good steak. If you went to a restaurant, you might have said it was a good restaurant. If you have a friend, you might say that he or she is a good friend. Or perhaps you watched a good movie. But that is not full goodness in itself. It is really just an aspect of what it is that you watch that you would say it was good. But Jesus says, no, there is nothing or no one that is good in this world except for God. And he's speaking it from the literal sense. He's saying, if you want to see good in its entirety, then God is the only one where you're going to find that. So how do we see the true character of a person? By his actions. So the second strand of this definition of God's goodness concentrates really on what he does. Remember, we saw number one, good is who he is. And secondly, good is what he does. And the Bible is replete with descriptions that point out his kindness and his mercy and his steadfast love and his generosity. Have you ever thought of God as generous towards you? Has anybody thought of that as God being generous towards you? Can you believe 
that when he looks at you with all of your baggage and with all of your junk and with all of your shortcomings and your hangups, that he says, I want to be generous to you. I can't wait to pour out on you that which will make you happy. Not because you deserve it, but because there's something about who I am that loves to overflow in extravagant ways upon you. That's the God who we serve. But maybe, just maybe, you can't go there this evening. Maybe your circumstances are so mundane. Your life is so hard at this point in time. And your options seem so few that saying God is good kind of feels hollow. Like, what is that going to do for me? What difference is that going to make? You don't understand what it is that I'm having to deal with right now. If God was good, then why am I facing this? Perhaps that's something that you're battling with or grappling with, struggling with. Well, let me help you see through the lenses that the Bible supplies in the goodness of God. How does God reveal his goodness? Let's look at three things in which we can clearly see how God reveals his goodness. The first one is through natural blessings. And David recognized that in God when he said in Psalm 145 verse 3, he said, he shouts out, Yahweh is great and he is highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. He says what, what David is implying is that we can't fathom, we can't, it's beyond our understanding how great God is. And in verse 9, he goes on, he says, the Lord is good to everyone. Can you say everyone to me right now? Who does everyone include? It includes you. It includes me. And David goes on to repeat this idea in his next phrase when he says, God's compassion rests on all he has made. We're talking about natural blessings, a way in which God reveals his goodness. It says that his compassion rests on all he has made, not who he has. It's not speaking about people only, on all that he has made. You know what that means? It means this, that there's nowhere in the universe that you can go where God won't be good to you. There's nowhere in the universe that you can go where God won't be good to you. David says that goodness and mercy follow you. No matter where you go, God's got his goodness and his mercy following you. If we go down in verse 15, we see that uh, David goes on and says, All eyes look to you, and you give them their food in due time. So they look that nature looks to God as their source, and it says that he gives them food in due time. It says that you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So God reveals his goodness undeniably just by nature and that which we see happening around us. He takes care of the birds of the air. Isn't that what God says? He knows about every sparrow that would fall to the ground. God is very aware. He's the one that keeps the earth together. So that's one way in which he displays his goodness. The second way in which God displays his goodness quite clearly and openly is in with his compassionate interventions. So again, in Psalm chapter 107, this psalm is totally devoted to that theme of God's compassionate interventions. He desires to intervene where there is trouble. He desires to intervene where there is heartache. He, and no matter what the cause 
of it is. Even if you are the cause of it, God's desire is to intervene on your behalf. Do you know how I know that? Not just because of what is written here in Psalm 107, but because of what Jesus did. He intervened without us even asking for that intervention, but God knew it was his desire. So have a look at what uh, uh, David says in Psalm 107, right at the beginning. He says, give, he says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the hand of who? The foe. God has redeemed you from the hand of the enemy, irrespective of what that enemy is. And then he goes on through that. And I'm not going to uh, bring every scripture up because I'm just going to really summarize certain portions of this uh, chapter 107. In verse 4 to 9, it says there that God comes to the rescue of people who are frantically searching for something or someone that will satisfy their soul. People who are lost, people who are hopeless wanderers. God comes to their aid and he leads them home. When they cry out to the Lord, he will deliver them and their soul will find its true home. That is the goodness of God. Another one that he brings to our attention in Psalm 107 is found in, in verse 26 to verse 29, where God rescues those pounded by calamity. Do you sometimes feel like you are pounded by calamity? Okay. Well, if your neighbor might feel that way, perhaps you could encourage them with verse 26 to verse 29. Because if you are pounded by calamity, God says in this psalm, he says, when the storms threaten to sink us and we're at our wit's end, we can call to him and see him command the storms to be still. Why? Because God is good. Why don't you say that with me? Say, God is good. You know that God has been there for you more than you will ever know. No matter what situation you are facing this evening, God is the best person to take it to. There is no surer source of deliverance or blessing than Him because He is good all the time. Do you understand that when the prodigal son came back to the father... How many of you know about the prodigal son? When he came back to the father, he was the only one convicting himself. Even when he was in the arms of the father and, and saying to him, look, you know, I'm so sorry for what I did. And, and please, you know, I'm happy to come back as a servant. You won't read that the father says, boy, you know, what you did was actually really hectic. Eh? It was really bad. I mean, look at your other brother. He's been serving me faithfully, but, but I'm really glad to see you home. It didn't matter to him. It didn't matter to God. You know what mattered to God? What mattered was to show his son that he was still his son. That's all that mattered to God. Immediately he put on the ring on his finger and he, and he put his cloak upon him. He just wanted to reveal his goodness to his son. He wasn't interested in the pep talks. And that's how God is towards you and towards me. He just wants us to see his goodness. But what happens is we can so often conjure things up in our mind and we try to connect what we're facing with the God that we serve and somehow we try to bring those two together and we can't understand and it's difficult for us to fathom that God only sees good in our situation because that's who he is. He is good. The third way that God reveals himself to us is through his son, Jesus. 
Now, the one way I've already alluded to when I said that God demonstrated his love for you and his desire to intervene in your life by sending Jesus even when you didn't ask for it. That's one way in which God reveals his goodness. But another way is shown in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 19. Out of the Amplified, it says, He is the exact living image, talking about Jesus and all who Jesus was. If we ever read about Jesus and what he did, God's saying here, he is the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God. He's saying, you've never seen me with your eyes, but I'm telling you now, when you look at my son Jesus, you may as well be looking at me. He is the visible representation of the invisible, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, the sum total of his essence, all his perfection, all of God's powers and his attributes to dwell permanently in him, his son, Jesus Christ. So when we see Jesus looking upon the crowds and having compassion upon them, that's God. When we see people coming to Jesus and he never turns them away, that's God. When we see as Apostle Theo shows us and brings to our attention that when people were being healed, Jesus never brought their, 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 their downfalls uh, to their attention before being willing to heal them. He didn't even bring it up as a topic of discussion. It didn't matter to him. It doesn't matter to him because he is good. So what is it that motivates God to answer our prayers? Is it the time we spend on our knees? Is it the sincerity? Is it the number of tears? Is it the weight upon our shoulders? What is the thing that drives God? Does he feel sorry for us because the, the, the situation that we're in, he knows, is a very, very uh, hectic situation? What is it that drives God to answer our prayers? Well, David shows us in Psalm 69, verses 16. He says, answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. God answers your prayers because of his goodness. He doesn't answer your prayer. You don't have to convince him to answer your prayer. Right, we do pray sometimes out of a point of desperation. I mean, come on, we are human. And we do just like David. He called out to God in, in places of absolute desperation. But what God wants us to be aware of is that it is his goodness. He's saying, listen, I move, you know, I have compassion on you. I'm a compassionate God. But because I'm a good God, I just want to help you out of this. What does that do for you and I to know this? It gives us confidence in the fact that God is interested in every part of our lives. That's what this knowledge does for you and I. It bolsters our faith. To know that we serve a God who only wants the best for us. To know that we serve a God who's driven by his very goodness to answer our prayers should bolster and help us to believe that God is there for us and that he will deliver us. You know, sometimes God may delay things, but a delay is not a denial. The fact that he may delay our prayer, you know, the, what we're waiting for as far as the manifestation of that deliverance or whatever it is, the fact that there's a delay is not a denial from God. And so we need to rest in the knowledge that he loves us and that he is a good God because in that rest, we are really in faith. No matter how big the bull looks, no matter how bad the hospital report. So we've looked at three ways uh, in which God reveals himself. And we're talking now about uh, what motivates God. And we've seen that it is his goodness and his love that drives him to answer our prayers. God's goodness to you is not based on your goodness. It's based on his goodness. 
That should set some people free here tonight, I think. Let me say this as well. God is good to bad people. I want to just let that sink in for a moment. God is good to bad people. I've seen God move supernaturally in the lives of people that I would easily qualify as bad. Because remember, I'm a human, so sometimes I may see a book and judge it by that cover. Or am I alone in this one? But I know that God is good to bad people. You know, before a person gets saved, God is the one that draws them to that point of salvation. It says that His love draws them to Him, right? If He needed them to be good in order to decide whether or not they are now welcome in His family, this church would be empty right now. God is good to bad people. When we are more aware of how good God really is, we would instinctively turn to Him when we have a need. And so that's why I believe God wants you to understand how much He wants to help you. He wants you to instinctively turn to Him when you have a need because He wants you to understand He's desperate to help you. Not desperate in a negative point, desperate in a, but this is who I am. It's what I do. In Romans chapter 8, verses 28, it says, We know that in everything God works for the good of those who love Him. In everything, whether it is bad or good, whether the situation came about because of a mistake or a disobedient act or whatever, God can cause that to work to good. Because he is good. It's like whatever he touches, when he touches bad, it turns good. I once heard someone say this, that if God said the sky is pink, it's pink. He's, if he says it's pink, it's pink. If he says clouds are green, they're green. Whatever he says goes. Do you realize that? When we forget how good God is, we become pessimistic about our future. When all we see is the challenge, when all we think about is the fact that the answer hasn't come yet, and we, we question God's faithfulness, what will happen is we become pessimistic about our future, and God's saying, no, I don't want that for you. I want you to be uh, optimistic. I want you to see the best in your future because I am in your future. I am a good God. Look at Psalm 27, verses 14. It says, David said this about God. Listen here. He says, I would have despaired. In other words, he would have lost all hope. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's saying, guys, I would have given up all hope unless I believed that the goodness of God was uh, uh, available on the earth. And he goes on, he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. So I'm here to encourage you tonight and say to you, wait for the Lord. He is good. He is answering your prayer. Wait for the Lord. Don't be discouraged. You don't need to be because he is a good God. Just like David, he saw the goodness of God and therefore he could say, guys, just wait for the Lord. Hope, I like what Rick Warren says about this. He says, hope is anticipating God's goodness. Listen to that again. Hope is anticipating God's goodness. You see, if God was not a good God, we would have no hope. But we do. Because he is a good God, good God. And so we can anticipate 
a breakthrough. We can anticipate deliverance. We can anticipate provision. We can anticipate healing. We can anticipate restoration. We can anticipate joy. We can anticipate the increase. We can anticipate whatever it is that you are anticipating to happen in your life. We can do that because God is a good God. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11, we know the scripture well. The Lord says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I want to highlight two words in the scripture, the word good and the word hope. You see, the goodness of God gives us hope. Can we say that? Say, the goodness of God gives me hope. Is hope being stirred in your heart tonight? As you're sitting there tonight, are you hopeful? Are you expectant for God to move in your life just because He is good and He wants to do that? Can I see a show of hands? Is there a stirring happening on the inside of you where you know God is about to do a great thing for you? Can we just have another amen just to encourage everybody in the room? Well, listen, hope is tied to the goodness of God. And I want to take you through a very famous psalm, Psalm 23. And I want to take you through that psalm in the spirit of what we're talking about tonight. And that is that God is a good God, the goodness of God. So have a look at this in Psalm 23. Because God is good, he will teach me to relax when I am stressed. Psalm 23 verses 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures and He leads me beside quiet waters. Because God is good, He will give me strength when I cannot anymore. Psalm 23 verses uh, 3, He refreshes my soul. Thirdly, because God is good, He will walk with me in my dark and scary days. Say that, say, because God is good... He will walk with me through my dark and scary days. Because he assures us of that in Psalm 23 verses 4 when he says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Because God is good, he will openly show his favor on my life. Psalm 23 verses 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Because God is good, He will be good to me no matter what happens. Psalm 23 verses 6 says, Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. Hear that. All the days of my life. The good days and the bad days. God does not distinguish between the two. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And because God is good, He will take me to heaven one day. Psalm 23 verse 6. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Because God is good, He will do all of this for me. Because God is good, He will cause my son to return back to Him. Because God is good, He will see to it that my daughter's relationship comes to an end with a guy that she's not supposed to be with. Because God is good, He will see to it that I am employed and able to win an income for my family. Because God is good, He will see to it that my mom and my dad are healed and walking in absolute victory. Because God is good, He will see to it that I am clothed and that I am fed and that I have the house that I desire. Because God is good. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 